0: My name is Anika.
1: And I'm Martin. Welcome back to the sixth episode of Are We There Yet?
0: Today, we're essentially giving a big shout-out slash thank you to one of the things that makes our podcast possible. Information. From the internet to social media, information quite literally defines our age. The internet really represents information really coming together and one way that a lot of people interact with internet and information is through social media so we're going to start off this podcast asking other people why they post on social media okay so yeah i post on social media a lot because it is a great way to show people what you're doing and like keep in touch with everyone and make connections online as well and build a network of friends online and but i don't post on it as much as other people do just because there's just some things that I like to to keep and keep in my own little like scrapbooks and like offline without everyone seeing, but I do think that social media is very, very helpful in building connections and helping keeping in touch with different friends in different areas, especially as we get older and go different ways. Um, I'd say I post on social media so that I can look back and see a collection of my memories um, from various nights or days, uh, different people also, especially in college, it's a really good way to stay connected with friends and family at home um, so that if I don't always get to relay a message or tell them what I did, they can uh, kind of check up on me and be more tuned in to my life.
1: What I love about social media is that it lets us connect with people. And in a non-creepy way, you can see what other people are up to without like going up to them and asking them all the time. <laughs>
0: I like the idea of being connected to people, but I noticed that for me, social media wasn't about connecting with people anymore, so much as sending this message about myself or creating some sort of public persona. The only thing I really cared about my posts were how many likes they got, and I hated that. there's this website called clout.com. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it literally tracks your social media and tells you how much, like, quote-unquote, clout you
1: have with your friends. was really cool. I should look myself up.
0: <laughs> like, it gives you a score based on how many likes your posts get. And I don't know, like, it was cool at first, but, like, it can be very
1: damaging in terms of the way, like, I approach social media. I think, well, just like with everything, you just have to approach it with a healthy mindset. <laughs> I think... A lot of people also use social media as a form of escapism from day-to-day struggles. It's something where you can just lose yourself in the stream of information and the lives of other people.
0: Living vicariously through others' (laughs) fake lives. Yeah,
1: yeah. Another thing about social media that I love, that it's notorious for, is memes. (laughs) So these are a form of viral media that... Um Companies and politicians and old people often struggle to understand because <laughs> it just know. seems very random the things that the internet chooses to be popular
0: i 'm pretty sure I read this article about a woman who became like a meme once, like from what happened to her and like her job afterwards <laughs> and I just remember thinking it was the strangest thing that this woman had posted this picture of herself, and all of a sudden millions yeah. of people are millions of
1: people face. know her face, but they don 't know her name. <laughs>
0: It does kind of, I guess, transition into some of the other stuff we wanted to talk about today is this idea of information privacy. I mean, granted, this woman posted this picture, but I guess once this information is on the internet, you know, who owns it and where where are we going with it?
1: For instance, there's this one meme of a guy in a classroom with a vein popping out on his head. (laughs) He, um, I think he either copyrighted or trademarked that image, but he's not looking for money. He meant it to be a meme. I just thought it was really funny that um, a meme could be copyrighted.
0: <laughs> I guess, you know, in a way, I think it's kind of noble. He's taking ownership of his own information. I mean, a lot of information is out there, and the scariest part is that a lot of it is ours.
1: Yeah, um, Google collects a lot of information about you. That's how they have those recommended ads and search suggestions. And they um, companies also sell information about you, right? Like they collect big data oh, about 100%. all their customers. I mean,
0: that is honestly the service fee we're paying for companies like Google. They make massive amounts of money off of our data. And I guess it's just odd to think that Like as an individual, you know, I don't consider the value my own data has. I really take it for granted that companies are just kind of like taking it.
1: And on an individual level, it's it's probably not worth that much. But when you have the data of like so many people's lives aggregated, it's probably worth.
0: It definitely makes a lot. (laughs) No, that is interesting, right? Like information, like my information about myself, is valuable to me because it helps my privacy. influences like how I think about myself but information on a public level really takes on like a whole
1: new dimension. Another use of big data that we all know about is how the NSA collects our information (laughs) and it listens to our phone calls. I mean we
0: laugh but it's so bad. I mean I if I wanted to call you up on the phone today like who's listening? Like big brother is always watching. (laughs) I mean
1: a lot of people feel uncomfortable with it but I don't know, I, I always assumed that this was true. This isn't, like, it wasn't new information when people said, when Edward Snowden said, the NSA is spying on us.
0: Mm, you'd read too many conspiracy theories by then. <laughs> I, I watched Eagle Eye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it's really hard to care about your own data because exactly what you said earlier, a lot of that data seems meaningless on the individual level.
1: Actually, I think it can still have an impact on the individual level. I've heard that employers often look at your Facebook profile to see what you're like on social media before they hire you.
0: I wouldn't deny that. I think it's probably a smart thing to do as an <laughs> employer. I mean, right, your employees represent your company, and if that information is available to anyone on the Internet, as soon as you hire someone, they're part of your company's like branding. So on this like larger level, they have their own vision to maintain.
1: I guess it's hard to keep your work and personal life separate these days.
0: Yeah, I mean, because even if companies wanted to keep the personal and the public separate, the way other people look at their company and the information that's out there about the company as a whole is comprised of the individuals that work for them.
1: I think that's why LinkedIn was formed. It's a social media site just for work-related things, so people can have a more clear distinction between their work and personal lives.
0: Either that or maybe LinkedIn just normalizes employers being able to look people up online.
1: True, a lot of times social media is looked upon as something that's frivolous, you know? Maybe it is frivolous. I think it can be. It's it's again, it's all about how you use it.
0: That's true. Um, I know social media can sometimes have a very political movement. Um, When that stuff with Taylor Swift was happening about her refusing to put her music on Apple Music.
1: And Spotify. And
0: Spotify, you're right. Um, A lot of that went viral through social media. And that is part of what I think helped her gain the political power or... I guess, wait that she needed to get Apple to agree to pay artists for their music.
1: I think very few artists could have done what she did. Um, Maybe like Adele. She's doing that right now with Spotify, but only really big names can do that because free music is so normalized these days that people aren't willing to pay for their music because they know they can get it through other means.
0: I mean, it sounds like a tangent, but really it just fits into our larger discussion about who owns information. I mean, what are the ethics behind piracy? It's it's complicated, right? Because at the end of the day, sometimes it just comes down to what's easier, what's cheaper for the individual. We could have the debate of individual right to music and information and the artist's right to create and the value of their creation. And I don't deny it, but... That debate exists, and I guess that's just not what we're trying to do here today with our podcast. We're trying to just address the way that people
1: interact with information. I think that regardless of who owns information, the information is already out there. And at some level, companies and artists need to adapt because information is, it, it already moves freely, and there's no stopping it now that the internet is so omnipresent.
0: My big thing, I guess, from our conversation is the concept that information does define us. So at the same time that companies and artists need to accept or adapt, I don't want to be passive about the way I consider information. I want to go forward being more conscious about the way I interact with information around me. What information should I consider my own property versus what information do I think truly belongs to the public?
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Are We There Yet? We hope you enjoyed it.